Hello, and welcome to Carpenter Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Heartstopper. Heartstopper was written and illustrated by Alice Oseman and was published from 2018 to roughly 2020, and it's still an ongoing uh, comic, actually. And the Netflix series, which premiered in 2022, was directed by Euros Lynn. And this is a patron-requested episode. Our patron, Katie, asked us to cover this for the podcast, which we were very excited to do. So we are going to read some of Katie's thoughts at the end of this episode. But it's also exciting to do this because um, we actually didn't watch it when it first came out last year. No. And so I was really excited to get to watch this show. We heard such good things, and having seen it now, I can understand why. This was just like the perfect light sweet story yes right that mm-hmm. we needed with that bit of britishness to elevate oh, it i didn't know it was british <laughs> until we started and i was like yes <laughs> yes i love a good british a british show everything's just a little cuter and more eccentric you know they're all they go to all girls and all boys schools i know that's not everywhere in, in the uk no right? and they're wearing uniforms <laughs> <laughs> i was curious what like the ratio of boys and girls schools in the UK are to, like, the US. Yeah. Because we also just watched uh, the movie Sing Street recently, which also takes place at an all-boys school. So, like, in my mind right now, it's, like, 90% of the UK (laughs) is all-boys and all-girls schools. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um... But yeah, they've got their uniforms, yeah. right? They, they're playing rugby, Ian. We still don't know what rugby is no, and how it's played. I appreciate the show's like acknowledgement of the fact <laughs> that like nobody really knows how rugby is played. <laughs> Except Nick. Except Nick, yes. <laughs> also, Charlie's uh, coat with the like the toggles. Yes, the Paddington coat. The Paddington coat, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of good uh, Britishisms yes. uh, that we really appreciated in this show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about the background a little bit of the comic. So, uh, Alice Oseman, actually, this started out as kind of a webcomic. She was publishing on Tumblr and, I believe, uh, Tapas. Yeah, a a few other uh, platforms. And Webtoons. Webtoons, yeah. Um, And then actually had a Kickstarter to try to get some of her comics published. And then actually getting a publishing deal as well. Yeah, and... These characters, Nick and Charlie, actually appeared in her first novel, which I think she published when she was 18. God damn. Wow. Uh, it was called Solitaire and actually focused on Tori, who is Charlie's older sister. Mm-hmm. And in that story, Nick and Charlie have been together for like a year or something. And so she was interested. She loved those characters, was interested in their backstory and wanted to explore it, but, like, tried writing it. It didn't seem to be working as a novel, or she just realized that, like, it would work in a more episodic structure, which is what led her to deciding to make it a comic. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, another story. Like, these characters are kind of involved in other stories by this author. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting interwoven... Universe. Shared universe of characters. Yeah, and you can actually go on Tumblr and read this comic. Like she updates it's still it there. there. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? That's how she still is like yeah. actively publishing it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I know. So you know, obviously support the author if you can by buying the you know collected volumes in graphic novel form or you know get it from your library. But like, it is kind of cool that it started out online and then became physical. Yeah. Also, 
you know, good on her for sticking with with Tumblr, even though it is a <laughs> a shell of what it used to be. <laughs> We're all shells of what we used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Let's uh, get into the the story though, and our main character, or one of our two main characters, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Charlie is a year ten. Yes. At his school, it's like the second. It's starting in January, at the beginning of a new term. Yeah, and. Charlie is out as being gay to the school. It's kind of like vaguely explained how this happened. It wasn't really his choice, Mm -hmm. but he was kind of outed, it seems, but kind of also just like embraced it. And when we meet Charlie, he is having a secret relationship with another kid in the school where they meet up in the library to make out at random points throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, this is Ben. Um, we find out later that Ben kind of just like approached him and they started these secret meetups. But Charlie is pretty quickly realizing that Ben doesn't care about him. Yeah. And it, it's clear that this is sort of a, a messed up relationship where Ben doesn't want Charlie to tell anyone about the two of them hanging out and making out. But it's more than just Ben not wanting to come out. Ben is definitely just using Charlie to kind of figure out his feelings and is very kind of cruel to him sometimes and just disregards how Charlie feels. Yeah, and won't like even acknowledge him like in the hallways or anything like that. Just like very intentionally mean to Charlie. And it doesn't take long for Charlie, like you said, to kind of like realize this and basically put an end to the relationship. Yeah. Say that I don't want to meet up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Around this time, though, Charlie meets Nick. Yes. They are seated next to each other in homeroom or whatever the the UK UK equivalent equivalent is. Uh, They're seated next to each other. Nick is a year 11 Mm -hmm. and he is kind of like the uh, the star athlete of the rugby team very popular, very well liked. And Charlie's immediately like, oh, he's he's a very cute boy. Yeah. And is quickly surprised to discover how just friendly and nice Nick is to him, you mm-hmm. know. And they quickly kind of establish this relationship of, you know, Nick says hi every morning and in the hallways he'll greet him and they just kind of develop a rapport with each other. Yeah, and this is a nice contrast to Ben who won't acknowledge him in the hallways at all, right? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's it's very sweet. You can tell that Nick is just a very generous and kind person and we find out that, you know, Charlie was bullied a lot last year when he was forced to come out because rumors spread about him. So to see that someone who Charlie would maybe assume would maybe be one of those bullies, you know, he's on the rugby team, he hangs out with a lot of the popular kids, a lot of people who had bullied him in the past, but Nick is not like that. Yeah, and there's a few moments between them. There's a scene where Nick's pen explodes on him and Charlie has to like open doors for him to get to the bathroom (laughs) to like wash it off. And uh, Nick is kind of like eyeing Charlie at one point when he's running in track And eventually, Nick approaches Charlie and says, you should join the rugby team as an alternate. I love this this scene where he asks him. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, hey, can I ask you something? And then we get kind of, this is is based directly on the comics where Charlie imagines Nick being like, I'm gay too and I want to date you. And it's just his fantasy. And then, you know, it's Nick actually in real life saying, do you want to join the rugby team? (laughs) 
do you want to like tackle me and roll around on the ground and like, you know, have excuses for physical contact? With yeah, me? let's change in the locker room together. Yes. Uh, Charlie is uncertain, but eventually agrees to. I love there's a character in the show, an art teacher who's very nice to Charlie. We find out when Charlie was being bullied the year before he would eat lunch in the art room a lot. And at one point, Charlie tells him about like the rugby team and he's like, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Nick's on the rugby team, and uh, I just joined recently. And he was like, "Of course you did." <laughs> yeah, I love I love this teacher's role in the show because it's very clear that this teacher is gay mm-hmm. and is offering support to Charlie that you know supported Charlie in the past when he was being bullied and is now you know offering encouragement to him. We don't have this character in the comics, although Miss Singh, who is the rugby coach kind of has a larger role, I'd say, in the comics in supporting the team and Charlie and Nick than she does in the show. Yeah, so we get scenes of Nick kind of like teaching Charlie the rules. Luckily, we don't have to learn the rules because I still don't understand rugby. And still it, don't it, know. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's some moments where Charlie has to try to tackle Nick and it's very cute. Uh, we do get a scene, though, after rugby practice one day where Charlie is confronted by Ben. Yes. And Ben is kind of like not taking no for an answer, being aggressive with Charlie, and then begins to kind of like forcefully kiss Charlie. Yeah. And Charlie is telling him to get away from him. And, you know, the situation is obviously becoming like very serious when suddenly Nick steps in. Yes. And fucking throws Ben off of him and says he said no. Yeah. It's, like a fucking superhero. It's so great. And he's like, are you okay? And and he's just so supportive. I love in the comic, there's a little like flashback scene where he's like, <laughs> yeah, I followed yeah. you because like you seemed off and like I just followed you. And it shows just Nick peeking around the corner <laughs> as Charlie's like walking. I loved that. I love that as if it needed like know. a visual A visual explanation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's really sweet, and they ha- it's a very tender moment between them where Charlie's like, did you hear all that? Yeah. And Nick is like, yeah, I heard what happened. I, you know, obviously knows about the two of them meeting up. And then when they get to their respective homes that night, they end up messaging each other. I forget who messages I who think first. I think Nick messages Charlie first and says, hey, that was like pretty serious. Like, if yeah. you need to talk about it. And at first, Charlie's trying to be dismissive of it. Like, no, I'm fine. It's not a big deal. No problem. And I think Nick presses him a little bit more to just say, like, it is serious. Like, if you want to talk and Charlie ends up telling him via texting, like how he and Ben ended up together and their dynamic and everything that happened. And this just begins a texting relationship between them Mm -hmm. where they're texting back and forth and getting to know each other further. We have to talk about the biggest difference, though, between the comic and the show, Ian, which is Facebook versus Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Does it say Facebook in the comic? I did not see that at all. So Nick messages Charlie on Facebook Messenger. He's using his laptop, actually. That's right. (laughs) I did notice he was like using his laptop and I was like, is he texting? And then Charlie sees it on his phone and is messaging on his phone, Facebook Messenger. But in the show, it's over Instagram. So how times and have it, changed. It won't be relevant in like two more years, right? <laughs> I, I don't think the teens are even using Instagram anymore right now. So <laughs> what is Gen Z up to besides TikTok? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say though, I really appreciate 
the show, giving us a very large and clear image of what is on the screen when they are texting and messaging. Yes. It drives me crazy when, and I, I get it, like, in films, when you get moments like that, it will be so tiny on the screen. And I get it. It was made to see in a theater. Yeah. It should be way larger. But I'm at home, and I can't fucking read what is on the you're goddamn like, screen. Yeah, I can't. Say? And Netflix is like, this is on TV. I know you're watching this. Maybe even on your phone. So we're going to just make it huge. And I, I just really appreciate that. Yeah, there is so much texting in this show. Even in the comic, too. Yeah, I got to say, I mean... You know, it's about teenagers, so social media and phones are a huge part of how they will interact, especially with friendships and relationships. But yeah, it's a lot of, it's it's so much, Charlie is typing. Charlie is no longer typing. (laughs) Charlie is typing. Charlie is no longer typing. (laughs) Also, and I kind of think this is interesting how they show them drafting a message and then deleting it and drafting a different message and deleting it. It's almost giving you an insight into like their thought process, which is interesting. I mean, even the... (laughs) image at the top of Netflix when you click on Heartstopper is them in either of their own rooms just (laughs) texting each other for a romance show. Like, that's what they're like, oh yeah, these two are are texting from their respective rooms. (laughs) Yes, you, you gotta love it. Let's take a little bit of a break from Charlie and Nick to talk about some of the supporting characters in this story. So, um, we have this character, Elle, who is definitely in the comics. I think she's in volume two only. I think that's her first appearance, yeah. Yeah, but in the show, we're introduced to Elle right away. And while Charlie is starting a new term at his boys' school, Elle is actually beginning the semester at a girls' school. We find out very quickly that Elle is trans and came out and went through a transition and was finally able to go to an all-girls school. But she used to go to the all-boys school with Charlie and some of their other friends. So, you know, as we're starting out, we're seeing Elle in this very vulnerable position, right? She's starting the year halfway through, right? She's going to a new school. She's just transitioned, right? And we don't know exactly what she faced before this. Yeah, and I think she feels, you know, I mean, it's just a new school situation in general, right? Like, even without, like, the transition aspect. Like, if you start at a new school, you don't know who to talk to. You don't know who to be friends with. Uh, The teacher is, like, openly confronting Elle in the classroom, (laughs) being like, do you have any friends? Why haven't you made friends? You should make friends, like, in front of everybody. But Elle does meet two other girls in her school, uh... Tara and Darcy. Yeah. Who are just two two gal pals, two friends. BFFs. Yeah. <laughs> and they quickly kind of bring Elle into their into their fold, into their group, and you know, they're they're hanging out. And it doesn't take Elle long before she realizes that Tara and Darcy are actually dating. Yeah. And I love this getting to see lesbian re- representation and the two of them. Um, and their relationship, and also getting to see Elle make some friends and find some acceptance and community at her new school felt really great. Yeah, it, it's just very, uh, very heartwarming, very nice, and I like, I like just exploring Elle's storyline in, you know, at a different school. Yes, yes. After her transition and everything going on with that. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of campus at the boys' school, <laughs> uh, another friend is Tao. And Tao also appears in the comics and is friends with Charlie. Yeah. And Tao is, I I like this because Tao is 
was very close with L. I mean, they all were, but Tao seems especially close. And like, he's still kind of like getting used to L not being around anymore. Yeah. Like he keeps like, I guess every day he would buy her either like a lemonade or a tea and he mm-hmm. keeps buying it without thinking about it. And so just kind of representing that like kind of hole in the friend group that they feel at the moment. Yeah. And this is really a big part of Tao's character in the show is that there's this foursome, right? It's him, Charlie, Elle, and another character, Isaac. And the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the four of them have been friends for a long time, and they were really close. And then they had this disruption, right, where Elle went to the girls' school and, you know, came out and transitioned and had all this happen. And Tao's feeling really vulnerable about that. And so throughout the show, he's very much afraid of their friend group falling apart further He's afraid of his relationship with Elle becoming more distant because she's at a different school now. There's just a lot of anxiety that he's dealing with. And this is really exclusive to the show. In the comic, he is very protective of Charlie and seems a little more rude than some of the other characters. But it's definitely not like it is in the show. He's very much just a supporting character in the comic. Whereas in the show, he's kind of given his own arc, his own characterization. Mm -hmm. We have to address, though, (laughs) Adina, the elephant in the room. The most glaring Our biggest problem with with the the show. And that is Tao's haircut. Oh, my God. I swore to you, Ian, I was like, this has to be how he looks in the comic with this flippy hair stuff, right? You said it perfectly. He looks like he's in an Archie comic. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's not in the comic. He looks totally normal. Why would they do this to us? It's bad enough when he's wearing his hat. Yeah. Because it flips out from the hat, but it kind of looks like, oh, it's because he's wearing a hat. Yeah. But then he's not wearing a hat. And it looks like he's still wearing an invisible hat. I know. It's terrible. It's so bad. Let's advocate for a towel haircut in season two. <laughs> Please. I mean, we already established, you know, we're millennials. I don't know what's popular with Gen Z other than uh, the broccoli haircut for the boys. If you know what that is. No. That's like when it's like really curly on top oh, and like okay. really close on the sides. Yeah. And it kind of looks like broccoli. <laughs> But I don't think anyone's asking for the fucking flappy bird haircut that Tao has. No, it's not. It's not good. Uh, There's another character, Isaac, who we mentioned, who really is not really a character in the show at all. And actually, he replaces a different character that's in the comic named Aled. And the author... Uh, Alice Oseman has said publicly that she didn't feel like they could include a lead in the show because she actually has a different book focusing on that character. And so trying to fit him into the continuity of that book, I guess, was something that they didn't want to do for the show. And she mentioned that Isaac is going to have more of a storyline in season two, which I definitely hope so because he was very underutilized in this season. I'd be curious because the author has in the past couple years, I'm not sure exactly when, has come out as asexual and aromantic and has kind of been talking about exploring that and understanding it about themselves. And maybe that uh, Isaac will maybe embody that storyline in a way. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to assume anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like Isaac. You know, he's just <laughs> that, that kind of stable rock of a character. Yeah. He's just always reading. He's just always kind of like, doing his own thing just in the background. Just a rock of a character. <laughs> just a good guy. Yeah. We also have Nick's friends in the story. And actually, 
the graphic novel has more kind of going on with Nick's friend group than the show does. There's like two or three guys who are who seem to be good friends to Nick and who seem like kind of decent people who throughout the comic are almost suspicious of Nick and Charlie and are like, are they <laughs> together? I appreciate this and I wish the show had incorporated that a little bit because there are so many points in the show where I'm like, I mean, come on, guys. They're being so obvious. Like, look at them. <laughs> They're clearly into each other. And also, I like giving Nick's friend group a little bit more of a, of a diversity of quality. Yeah. Like, not everyone is just a shitty asshole. Yes. Right? Like, there are a couple people who seem decent enough, right? Yeah. Christian and uh, Sai, I think, yes, are the yeah. two of them. And then we have Harry, who is the absolute asshole and is <laughs> kind of... Definitely in Nick's friend group, it is not a particularly close friend to Nick. He is just a piece of shit. Yeah, right? just a huge asshole. A bully. I love in the comic how, um, how do I want to put it? He's like real short. Yeah. And kind of just like you just want to punch him in the face. Right? Yeah. He's not like a super tall, muscular kind of <laughs> jockish dude. He's like kind of short and wiry and just has this shit eating grin all the time. Yes. And then in the show, we have an additional character who is not in the comic, Imogen, who has been friends with Nick for a long time and seems like she's kind of interested in Nick and might want to date him. Yeah. Kind of getting close to him mm-hmm. at a party. She kind of confesses that she likes him openly asks him out on a date. She kind of sprinkles in a little extra drama into the story, Mm -hmm. which I think even if you're, if you can't relate to like Nick's issue of like being closeted, I think you can still maybe relate to like (laughs) someone liking you who you're just not into. And you don't know how to turn them down gently. Yes, because they're still a nice person. (laughs) It's still a universal story, right? For sure. Uh, So yeah, Nick and Charlie are... BFFs now, they're just friends, right? And of course, they're like, why don't you come over to my house? So Charlie goes over to Nick's house. Charlie meets Nick's dog. His dog is so cute. So cute. So sweet. (laughs) There is like just this super cute, ridiculous snow day scene where it's snowing and they're just outside with the dog. Nick goes to Charlie's house and they play video games together in Mm -hmm. his room and briefly tussle on the bed over who's winning. I forget exactly what. Yeah. And there's a part where, oh, Nick, or Charlie's going to show Nick how to play the drums. And oh. they, they both have to sit on one stool, two butts, one stool. <laughs> <laughs> As I wrote my notes. Um, and it's very sexy. Right. And then there's a scene where they're watching a movie. Charlie has fallen asleep. And Nick kind of looks down at Charlie's hand. And almost touches his hand. Comes so close to touching his hand. He doesn't. There's a lot of interesting uh, visual flares in the show yeah. that incorporate animated, illustrated elements. Like when he comes close to touching his hand, there's like literal sparks between them. Mm-hmm. Anytime they're having a cute moment, there's like animated leaves that blow through <laughs> the screen. They also do this a couple times with like Nick remembering when Charlie was bullied in high school and there's kind of like grotesque illustrated yeah. students around him kind of like bullying him. So sometimes they go in like the opposite direction of it. Mm-hmm. I think this works really well because like the show is already like very, very cute and sweet. And yeah. this is just kind of like almost like a little like acknowledgement of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is like really almost over the top. Let's add some like sweeping leaves in this shot. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Yeah. In that it's kind of this 
stylized, very like pretty, cheerful kind of high school yeah story. yeah you're right kind of that level of like stakes and drama mm-hmm. where it's like very sweet and nice and yeah no you're right those are very similar yeah and i mean these stylized elements are directly from the comic right the comic is very much like you know there's all these like little birds and leaves and stars and swirls and flowers that appear in the frames behind the characters it's very much a almost fantasy-esque version of reality. Yeah. Let's talk about the comic a little bit here because, uh, you know, it, it, it's a visual uh, medium, very yeah. different than the usual books we discuss, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think for the most part, I really like the style. It's, it's pretty loose. Uh, I like the character designs for the most part. It's... Barely shaded, like a light, lightish green mm-hmm. in a lot of the pages. So pretty much monochromatic for the most part. Yeah. I will say, though, the one thing that I, like, don't love, and it's it's just a personal, like, preference, specifically the way Charlie is illustrated, he feels very manga-inspired. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, like, I don't know if it's his eyes or, like, the messy hair, mm-hmm. but he just has this kind of, like... He looks very cool. Yeah. In a way. I think Nick looks a little bit more like he's kind of more like blocky and broad shouldered and yeah. kind of has like a, a sweet. Jock. Yeah. Charlie kind of feels like more of an anime character yeah. dropped into this story. He feels almost visually different than everyone else. Yeah. And it's also hard to tell like how young they're supposed to be. Yes. In the comic. They just seem so old, I think, with the way that they're illustrated. And I love seeing in the show like these young actors. Right. Yes. And really seeing how vulnerable Charlie looks. Right. And we find out about him being bullied. And so we care about him. Right. Um, yeah. And I. It is interesting, too, because the comic starting out on a digital platform, you can really tell that it was meant to be viewed on a screen, whether that's on a laptop, an iPad or a phone. Right. Yes. It's certain it has this certain look to it. And even though it's now in a book form, it really flows like you would be scrolling. Right. Well, and specifically, too, with the type. Yeah. The type is very large, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I think works well enough. But I mean, you can just blow through this. I know this story like so quickly. I mean, just like Mm -hmm. in a single sitting easily. Yeah. Uh, Which. But I mean, the the author breaks it up. I'm sorry. What's the. Alice Oseman. Oseman. Alice Oseman will break it up with like, you know, paragraphs of like text messaging. Like there are occasionally like blocks of text and different ways to tell the story. And she'll occasionally do something interesting with like, um, like a lot of the pages are just like small panels. Mm -hmm. Right. Just kind of capture like a mood or a vibe. So she is like experimental with uh, the format and things like that. But like you said, the fact that it was originally a, or I mean, it still is a digital publication. Yeah. Does feel kind of like obvious in some ways. Yes. And there's this scene where Nick hugs Charlie as he leaves his house. And then Charlie's sister pops up Tori and is like, I don't think he's straight. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny because throughout this show and even in the comic, Charlie has had his friends tell him, Oh, he's Nick is so straight. He's as straight as they come. He's, he's a, super straight. He's the straightest guy in school. Yeah. And I wrote in my notes at one point, I'm like, he's not giving me 
straightest guy in school yeah. energy. I'm like, what are you basing that on? He's on the rugby team? I like, mean, even at the beginning, like, he... I don't think he does a... To- I can't imagine he does, like, a total 180 when he meets Charlie. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure he's always been, like, a fairly nice, kind of open, kind person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, this whole, like, uh, he's absolute. He's, like, the straightest guy I've ever seen. I've yeah. never seen a guy as straight as I Nick. don't love that. I'm not... Yeah, it just, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, and I don't understand why Charlie's friends are so convinced of this. Yeah, I mean, I get in terms of, like, the friend group that he hangs out with, but, like, Tao confronts Charlie later mm-hmm. and is, like, I want to make sure that he's not, like, fucking with you. Yeah. Because he hangs out with Harry and all of them, and I'm, like, you think he's <laughs> going to Charlie's birthday party without any of his other friends, as like some kind of long term con prank, <laughs> I'm like even yeah. the, even the most sociopathic bully <laughs> on would Earth be bored. would be bored or like not want to <laughs> like go through this. Like I, it just doesn't make any sense sometimes. Yeah, and Nick is at this point questioning his sexuality, and I love this part in the comic and in the show where he goes home and he's googling. <laughs> Am I gay? <laughs> I love how they just show his fingers typing and you yeah. can just read each letter as he's typing out, am I gay? <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, and I like that the show really does take its time with Nick figuring out his sexuality, yes. questioning his feelings for Charlie, you know, just feeling like there's something going on between them, but not understanding why and what and what's happening to him. And you know, I love I love this story for Nick. I love that he is discovering himself and he's figuring out who he is and what he wants and that the show and the comic give him the space to do that. Yeah, and I really like, too, that to me, it balances out their relationship a lot. So Charlie isn't just this, like, dorky, nerdy kid pining over, like, the handsome rugby player, right? Yeah. And he has, like, all the power socially in the situation, right? Because he's figuring out his own situation and not ready to come out yet versus Charlie, who, you know, it doesn't sound like he necessarily like came out in the way that he necessarily would have wanted to. Yeah. But he is out. And in a certain way, he's kind of just like owning it. Mm -hmm. And I think like there is a power in that. And I think it kind of like balances them out a lot. Yeah. And And I really appreciate that about this story that Nick is figuring himself out. Charlie might not be the socially socially the most popular, but he is out. And that kind of like feels like it levels the playing field. Yeah, I like their dynamic for sure. Uh, we have Harry's party and apparently Harry is super rich and a lot of people are invited and Nick wants Charlie to come with him. And OK, so this is something that in the comic I was like, oh, an explanation for this party. Oh, yes. They rent out a hotel. And I was yeah. like, well, who, whose house is this? <laughs> it's like, at one point in the show, they're running up like a staircase, like three, four, five floors. They yeah. just keep going up. I don't know why I didn't think it was at a hotel when I watched the show, but I just didn't. I was like, this is Harry's family home. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> that, that's on us, though. Uh, yeah. And the comic did clarify that it was at a hotel that you know, Harry's parents rented out for him and and the whole school is basically there and some of the girls from the girls' school. And we have this really, really great scene that I love so much. Um, And it's funny because Harry and some of Nick's friends are like, oh, did you know that Tara is going to be here? That girl you kissed when you were 13? Like, let's try to set you up. Let's try to get things going. And Nick is obviously 
not interested in that, but he ends up talking to, to Tara and she tells him, I'm actually a lesbian. And this is my girlfriend, Darcy, <laughs> over here. And then we get this wonderful scene in the show of Tara and Darcy dancing together on the dance floor and then the two of them kissing. And Nick, who's looking for Charlie, like sees them. And it's just such a like beautiful moment of like Tara and Darcy getting to just like love each other and kind of just like not caring who sees or, you know, not having to hide it. And Nick just kind of seeing them and seeing how beautiful that is. Yeah. And like clearly like wanting that for himself. Mm -hmm. It's such a good moment in the show. Like one of my favorites for sure. For sure. And it's not in the comic. We do have the the part where Tara tells him that she's a lesbian. But yeah, I love I love having this joyful moment between um, these two women and then kind of that propelling Nick forward right into what he does later on um, at the party. And, you know, Charlie's there and he gets kind of harassed by Harry and some of those guys. He ends up running into Ben again in the show. And Ben is very confrontational with him as well. Yeah, Ben is growing more and more like bitter and just kind of adversarial towards Charlie. And Charlie is like still standing up for himself. But obviously it's still a shitty situation. Yeah. Eventually Nick finds him and is like... Hey, it's loud in here. Let's, like, get out of here or something. <laughs> Let's go somewhere more quiet. They find a, a different secluded ballroom <laughs> and are sitting together. And this is where, like, they Nick starts to open up a bit and mm-hmm. saying, oh, no, I don't like Tara. And then saying, like, but I do have a crush, but maybe it's not a girl. Yeah. And Charlie kind of, like, just kind of pushing that just mm-hmm. a little bit further and further. Would you date someone who wasn't a girl? Would you kiss someone that wasn't a girl? Would you kiss me? Yeah. And then they kiss. Yeah. And it's very, like, sweet and mm-hmm. cute. And, like, you can tell this is, like, a big moment for, like, both of them. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, Nick's fucking friends... <laughs> Come looking for him. Yeah. How the hell did they find him? I know. They and went up so many flights of stairs. Especially in the show when you watch them like navigate. <laughs> it was like the Overlook Hotel. Just like all these like <laughs> offshooting hallways. Uh, but Nick quickly panics, I think, at the idea of being discovered with Charlie and goes out to like confront his friends. Mm-hmm. He confronts Harry and tells him he's being like a homophobic asshole yeah. and kind of tells him to fuck off, which, you know, at his own birthday party, yeah. like major. That's a bold move. B- big points. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but he comes back and discovers that Charlie is gone now. Yeah. And, you know, Charlie goes back home thinking that like oh i scared nick off Mm -hmm. like he didn't want to do that i pressured him and this is something that i really like about this story in general but i i want to say maybe even more about the show is like there are the occasional misunderstandings between characters but they're resolved kind of quickly i put in my notes like 2% 2% misunderstanding. <laughs> like, whereas in like a rom-com or another show, like the misunderstanding would like cause a rift that would last like episodes or like yeah. be much more dramatic. This show kind of like tends to deal with these things as they come up. Yeah. And somewhat quickly where, so there, it's not that there isn't any conflict, but it's also not frustrating because half the time when this stuff happens in shows, you're like, just talk to each other. Just communicate. Just speak to each other. <laughs> and they do yeah. in this show. Yeah. Like something comes up and, 
you know, Charlie is like, hey, do you have a date with Imogen? Yeah. And Nick is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, she asked me out in front of everyone and I couldn't say no. And then when I went to tell her no, her dog died <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. And it's just like a great moment of yeah. like, you know, them getting to like talk it out and just yeah. like come to terms with each. And it's like it's not that everything's like perfect, but like mm-hmm. it's not one of those dumb moments where you're like, uh, if they just communicated. Yes. And so we have this night of frustration, right, where the two of them are like, oh, no, I messed up. They both think they messed up. And then the next morning, Nick shows up at Charlie's house and Charlie starts apologizing and is like, I shouldn't have pressured you into the kiss. I'm so sorry. And then Nick ends up kissing him again and then says, I'm sorry for running away. I shouldn't have done that. And they, like you said, they talk it out, right? Yeah. And this is where uh, one of my favorite lines in the comic and the show where <laughs> Nick says, I'm having a proper full-on gay crisis. Uh, so British. I love it. <laughs> um, but he's honest with Charlie. He's saying, I like you. I kind of like what's happening here. I think I'm exploring my sexuality in a way, but I'm also like really confused and really kind of struggling and is open and honest with Charlie about that. And we've seen him feel like really sad and confused and not know how to explain how he's feeling. And I just really love this too, because Charlie is able to offer support, right? Yes. And his offer to be like, I know what it's like to struggle. And I also know what it's like to be outed when you don't want that. So I'm going to support you and also protect your privacy. I think this dynamic is so, so interesting and so very well explored, I think, specifically in the show, because it is this like really tough dilemma, right? Like, obviously, Nick shouldn't be pushed into coming out sooner than he wants to. Yeah. But of course, that's going to make Charlie kind of like feel bad, right? Even if he understands, right? Yeah. Like, no one wants to be like hidden away. And I like that the show... I, I think the show, it, th- this line is in the comic, too, where Nick says, like, I don't want to be like Ben. Mm-hmm. And Charlie assures him, you're nothing like Ben. This situation is nothing like Ben. And I think to a degree he's right. But that question is still lingering, right? And the show features Ben as a character way more. Yeah. And how him being closeted seems to, he, he's kind of, like, become self-hating, in a way, and is is lashing out at Charlie and just being really destructive. And so kind of seeing, like, the dark side of that, right? Yeah, when you keep it a secret and you can't actually come out. And it's it's that idea of, like, this is a temporary phase, right? Yeah. Where you're figuring yourself out and eventually you will come out, which, like, no one should ever be forced to. But at the same time, the longer that you hide it, maybe the worse it can become for you, right? And we we see that in Ben. And yeah, I I do really love this. And I like that the show kind of brings this up multiple times that, you know, is Charlie a a martyr for like putting himself through this? Is Or is he being supportive? Is Nick... You like kind of abusing Charlie's trust and yeah. friendship and love, or is Nick just needing the time and space that he really should have? Right? Yeah. It's, I think you can you can see a lot of different angles of this, and I like that it's so complicated. Yeah, and it, I think it's well explored, especially in the show. Yeah, I kind of think we should maybe bring this up now. Uh, an incident of art imitating life to a degree Mm -hmm. so uh this happened with the actor who plays nick 
Kit Connor. Yeah. And he is playing this character who, you know, is beloved from the comics, you know, known for being bisexual. And Kit, I think, I think when they filmed this was 18. Yeah. Um, maybe even 17 at that point. I'm not sure. But he was seen uh, holding hands with a girl. And a certain fandom, a certain group of people uh, were really angry about this. Yeah. The idea, they felt like, oh, the character of Nick should be played by someone who is bisexual. Or gay. Or gay, as if, like, like he isn't bisexual for being with a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, he got a lot of sudden um, pushback and anger online, and he kind of was forced to a degree to come out as being bisexual. Yeah. He made, I think it was like a Twitter post kind of explaining it and saying like, I am like bisexual and I kind of like didn't want to have to come out in this way. Yeah. But I kind of feel like I need to because people are being spreading all this hate. Yeah. yeah. And being really shitty about this at this point. And I just feel so, so bad for Kit Connor. Yeah. In this situation. Like literally the fact that like, He's playing a character who is exploring understanding and coming to terms with his own <laughs> sexuality. And then he himself is forced, bullied in a way, yeah. to having to do that publicly. I it, know. It's just really terrible. It is. And it's missing the entire point of the show and the comic, which is that you can't assume someone's sexuality just by looking at them. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's wrong. Um, yeah, totally agree. And I hope that he has... I know he had a ton of support from a lot of other people as well as the actors and the creators and everybody involved in the show. Um, but yeah, it just really sucks to be in that situation. I, I know the issue of like what actors are allowed to play what roles is like very nuanced, right? Like there's absolute nose, like black face or yellow face or like issues yeah. of like, you know, wearing makeup essentially to play different races, like absolutely not. But then there's kind of a range of, like, nuance, right? Like, we had a whole discussion about, like, Brendan Fraser playing someone who's obese in The Whale. Yeah. Or, and then, you know, you get into this spectrum where it's, like, people playing characters uh, of a sexuality that might not be their own, but, mm -hmm. like, you don't even know. And this is something where I'm like, you know what? If we're all going to agree that sexuality is a spectrum, yeah. I kind of don't feel like you can hold anyone I know, like especially standard. someone who's that young, especially someone who's that young, like let them live. Right. Yeah. <laughs> let I them know. explore. Let them figure themselves out first. Like, geez. So, yeah, for sure. Um, let's switch a little bit and talk about Tao and L at this point in the show. We have a lot about the two of them and their friendship. And we're starting to see that, like, maybe they're into each other. And we find out L tells Tara and Darcy at school that she has a crush on Tao. Um, but she's like, I can't tell him because our friendship is so important to me and I don't want to ruin that. But like they have this movie night between the two of them. And this is where Tao is more honest with Elle about how he's feeling about their friend group yeah. and his fears and anxieties about what's going to happen, being worried about Charlie, feeling scared of losing the people in his life he's kind of saying he doesn't want things to change you know because charlie is with nick a lot and l obviously left the school that he was attending mm -hmm. and he thinks things are shifting around him but i like l's perspective of like sometimes change is good yeah you know l had to go through a lot of changes obviously mm -hmm. when she transitioned and went to a new school 
but she was like, I'm happier for it. And it was yeah. like for the best. And, you know, I like Tao as a character, but I do feel like at points he gets he was too much. He gets frustrating. Yeah. And this is not in the comic. In the comic, they kind of say, oh, I think Tao, Tao and Elle like each other, but they haven't admitted it. And that's kind of the extent of the two of them. Whereas in the show, we definitely get a lot more angst about Elle being into Tao. She doesn't know if he likes her or not. It seems like he doesn't. And then by the end of the show, it's like, maybe he does. Yeah. But it, it does kind of seem like it's setting it up for season two. I think the issue is just like, I think Tao's good qualities aren't on display enough. Yeah. And he does have good qualities. He is like a fierce friend who mm-hmm. will like stand up for almost anyone, right? Like, especially yeah. those he's close with. Uh, but I just don't think you see that enough. And instead, you see just a lot of him being like frustrated, angry, very critical of Charlie and Nick and like suspicious of Nick and just kind of like like maybe too many bad qualities. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also we, the hair. <laughs> we have not let go of the hair. No. <laughs> um, we have that whole Imogen situation where she asks Nick out and then he can't say no because her dog is dead. Um, but Nick does eventually come clean to Imogen. I love that he has a scene with his mom where she's like, don't go out with her if you don't like her. Like, it's yeah. better to be truthful. And he does. He says he comes clean to her. He says, like, I'm just I just don't like you that way. And he also talks about how he's trying to figure himself out. And he feels like parts of his personality have been buried away and he's trying to rediscover them. And so he's very vulnerable with her. He doesn't tell her about his sexuality questioning. But I think she appreciates him being honest with her. And then when their friends are giving them shit later about like, oh, how was your date? She's like, oh, we decided just to be friends. And she plays it off like, I'm too good for him anyway, <laughs> which like is so sweet yeah. that she kind of protects him in this moment. Right. Yeah. And I love that. I do, too. I love that you don't quite know how much she may suspect or not. Yeah. It's kind of like kept like. A, a secret, but yeah, her defending Nick in this moment is like really great. Mm-hmm. We have a very cute bowling scene, Ian, for yes. Charlie's birthday where Nick gets to meet all of Charlie's friends. They're still not public about the two of them dating, but it is really sweet to see him interacting with Charlie's friends. Yes, and he also gives him a photo of them on that <laughs> snow day as a gift, which is so cute. Uh, and then there's a really great scene where Nick talks to Tara. And actually tells her about him and Charlie going out. Yeah. And I just love this, that he knows he can trust Tara. Yeah. And also clearly, like, kind of wants to tell someone. And even in that moment, he he tells her, like, I haven't told anyone else but you, actually. Yeah. And she says, like, does it feel good to, like, tell someone? And he's like, yeah, it yeah. does. And I love that. Like, just... I love that, too. And it feels like it's a, a reaching out, right? And it's a community. And this is so sweet, too, because then Tara is like, oh, my God, we should go on a double date with you and Charlie and me and my girlfriend, Darcy. And then they're like, oh, but Tao and Elle kind of like each other. We should make it a triple date. This is only in the show. Yeah. Let's go get milkshakes, the most <laughs> sugary milkshakes you can imagine. Let's actually get each two milkshake. Let's, oh, my let's God. Let's just double it up. Two milkshake. <laughs> two, two milkshake. Damn it. Didn't put the S on. <laughs> I was just watching it, and I'm like, I would be running to the bathroom. Oh, to be young. Oh, my God. And not quite as lactose intolerant as I am now. (laughs) You can just shovel away anything, and it's totally fine. I love, too, um, 
that Tara and Darcy get a little bit more in the show as well, where Tara and Darcy have become Instagram official. Yes. They posted their relationship online. And Tara is dealing with being publicly out, whereas Darcy was publicly out for a while. And, you know, there's a lot of negative comments she's getting on Instagram. There's people in the school that are just being shitty to her. And she and Darcy kind of have this moment, and you can tell it's been building up for a while, where she just confesses to Darcy, like, how overwhelming it is and how scared. But, you know, they're able to affirm each other in this moment, and this is another example of, like, the problem coming up and then being resolved. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I like, to the show, taking this moment to explore another character going through something similar. Yeah. Because you're seeing, you know, Nick is struggling with, like, ah, oh, do I come out or not? And then you're seeing her story of what it means to come out. Yeah. And, and it not all being perfect after that. Yes, exactly. And so I, I appreciate kind of getting the different facets of this issue. And I think it's something this show does really well, that is really hard to do, I think. And that is like create a set of characters who are kind of all exploring one subject from different angles. Yeah. And I think sometimes when movies or shows try to do that, it comes across as like really forced. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, here's a group of characters and how race affects all of them differently. And (laughs) sometimes it's just like this is it's really trying too hard. Right. Mm -hmm. Somehow this show manages to do it in a really natural way. And maybe it's just because it's not trying to over-dramatize things too much. Mm-hmm. Like, I really appreciate its depiction of bullying. And not even bullying, but just, like, getting shitty comments, getting weird comments. Uh, you know, like, Tara isn't necessarily being, like, directly bullied by anyone, but just, like, overhears things, gets odd, like, uncomfortable remarks from people. Yeah. And then you have Harry, who's, like, more of an outright bully. But even he is obviously doing things to get a rise out of his friends. Like, he's saying things to make his friends laugh. And that's really more of what bullying typically is. Like, you're more of just, like, the target in terms of, like, the jokes are at your expense. I think in shows sometimes bullying is too much, like, like some vindictive, (laughs) like, cruel awful human who just wants to like make others suffer like you like they're a sociopath or something yeah and it's like no it's usually just a shitty kid trying to make his friends laugh not that that makes it better no but it's just more realistic right for sure and going into stuff with harry right nick invites charlie out to hang out with his friends and they go to the movies and everything seems mostly fine right but there's a few comments and then after the movies harry is like oh charlie what's it like being gay do you like nick like and just is really giving him a hard time and charlie kind of leaves and there's also this confrontation that charlie has with ben again in the show where ben is being brought up more and more right and him just kind of treating charlie like shit acting like oh, I would never want to date someone like you. You're so pathetic. And actually, I'm not even gay. I just felt bad for you. And that's why we kissed all the time. (laughs) And it's funny, but it's horrifying. Yes. In that moment, he's so angry that, you know, you wonder, would he hurt Charlie, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's handled like his level of denial is both funny and like terribly tragic. Like, so it's so sad 
that he's so repressed. Yeah. That he would, like, it's so absurd that he's like, I only kissed you because I felt bad for you. Yeah. Like, it's so ridiculous, but also I think there's, like, a truth there. Yeah. Right? About how much you can lie to yourself. And we've seen him be physical, aggressive with Charlie before, and they're in this, like, dark parking lot. And I'm like, this is scary. There's parts earlier in the show where Ben is framed like a serial killer. I know. <laughs> There's a part where Charlie's walking down the hall and you just catch a glimpse of Ben between these columns that are going past. Like he's standing there like fucking <laughs> Leatherface or like oh Jason. God. And then in another scene that's a flashback to when Ben first talked to Charlie, Charlie's playing on the drums and Ben is just like sneaking up on <laughs> approaching him. Approaching him from behind. <laughs> Very serial killer. Very bad. Charlie ends up leaving. His dad picks him up. Um, and then Nick is just pissed off at Harry for how he's been treating him and kind of confronts Harry about it. And the two of them get into this argument and Harry uses the F slur. Yep. And uh, this is the first time this word has been dropped in this show. Yeah. And rightly so, he immediately gets punched in the face. Yes. Nick is like, no. <laughs> you use the F slur, you get punched in the face immediately. Good, good. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is just Nick's breaking point. He gets in this physical fight, gets hit himself in the face, gets mm-hmm. his like nose bloodied. And, uh, you know, I think his mom is worried about what's going on and tries talking to him about it and mm-hmm. just knows that like. I think even beyond Harry, that something is going on with Nick. Yeah. Interestingly, this is sort of where the book wraps up. We have Nick and Charlie talking that night and, you know, apologizing about what happened. Nick is is sad about the situation. And then the two of them end up going on a beach date. And then we have a scene with Nick and his mom later. And that's the end of the comics. Whereas the show actually extends this narrative about the fight and how Charlie's feeling about it a lot further. Yeah, and I think it does a fairly good job at this where Charlie's concerned by Nick getting in this fight. And I think he's thinking about the fact that like, Nick's becoming alienated from his friends because Nick's even talking about like, oh, I, I hate, hate my guys. I hate my friends. I'm not going to be friends with them anymore. And Ch- I, like Charlie doesn't want him to like lose his friends, even though I think Nick is like coming to these conclusions on his own. Yeah, Charlie is putting it on himself that like it's our relationship that's doing it to him. Therefore, it's me that's doing it to him. And I think he's having like a lot of doubts, maybe. And I think in this moment, I was a little bit like. Yeah, this feels maybe a little forced. But then there's a scene later where he's talking to his sister and he explains how he's like, Ben always made me feel like an inconvenience. Yeah, like Ben always made me feel like I was making his life worse. And now I feel like I'm doing that to Nick. Mm. And I love this moment because I think it shows that like Charlie's problem works, but like that little bit of context and understanding him makes it work, right? Yeah, and this is a really great moment for him. And also seeing his sister support him. Yeah. We haven't talked about Tori much because she's not really in it, um, even in the comics as well. But I love seeing her, you know, be like, you're not making my life worse. And I love you. And, you know, just having the support of his sister here. But yeah, getting some context into what Charlie's going through and what a toxic relationship like he had with Ben can still how it can still affect you later on and how Charlie is trying to change. Um, but it's definitely something that he needs to overcome and go through. 
And at the same time, we have this subplot in the show with Tao where Tao is kind of fighting back with Harry when Harry is bullying him as well. And then Tao and Harry end up getting into a fight. Yeah, and Tao has reached a breaking point on his own because he's been more and more frustrated with Charlie hanging out with Nick. Then he finds out that they are actually going out and he feels upset because everyone knew but him. Yeah. Which, like, you kind of understand Charlie's thought process there because, like... (laughs) Tao is so volatile that he's like, I need to like... Maybe wait to tell him. Yeah. And so Tao is just feeling like more abandoned than ever. And then he gets in this fight and he tells Charlie the one thing that no one should ever tell Charlie. (laughs) This is all your fault. Mm. The last thing anyone needs to say to Charlie. This is definitely a moment where I felt like Tao was going too far. I agree. Yeah. He just is just kind of this ball of like angst and frustration. And, you know, we were kind of saying how like a lot of the issues brought up in the shows kind of get resolved kind of quickly as they come up. Like there's maybe some ongoing things like Nick, not sure if he wants to come out or not, Yeah. but I think Tao's issues kind of just cross like the entire season. Like they're, That's a good point. they're there from the beginning and they're there until the end, essentially this feeling of isolation and like, Losing his friends. Honestly, I think that's why more than anything he feels like frustrating is because like where everyone else is like burying their <laughs> problems as quickly as they come up. And the the show kind of like works in that way. But Tao is just like not growing much yeah. until like the very end, I'd that's say. That's a good point in, in contrasting his arc with everybody else's. Yeah, we get sports day. Sports day, Adina. Ian, which is kind of like a field day in America, I yeah. guess. The girls' school joins the boys' school. The girls, their outfit for sports day is a skirt, Ian. A pleated skirt. Yeah, they have shorts on underneath, but like, why not just have the shorts underneath? Like, why <laughs> Why know. would you do this? I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> Even before I realized they had shorts on underneath, I'm like, why are they wearing skirts? To, I'm like, do they not participate? Do they just stand on the sidelines? Like, It's very silly. Uh, you know, we have all the different characters competing in different contests and sports achievements, Ian. (laughs) Um, But I think one of the best scenes from this day is Charlie confronting Ben. You know, we had that awful scene of Ben just really unloading all of his self-loathing onto Charlie. And we have a really great part where Charlie tells Ben, he said, you don't get to make me feel like crap just because you hate yourself. I love this moment for Charlie just kind of really getting to, I don't know, stand up to Ben and kind of just like, like he says, you don't get to make me feel like shit, right? For who I am. Uh, It's a good moment for Charlie. Meanwhile, you know, Charlie has also been kind of like alienating himself from Nick and Tao and his friends. And Nick has been very aware of this. And there's a part where they're playing rugby for sports day and Nick sees Charlie in the crowd and abandons dramatically a man uh, abandons the rugby ball <laughs> or yeah the rugby ball i, I think know. i think it's called a ball uh <laughs> and then walks over to charlie and then like takes him by the hand into the school this is one of those moments where i'm like is anyone else seeing this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all just gonna move on <laughs> <laughs> i mean to a degree i like how nick even though he's not coming out officially He clearly cares less and less what people see or what people might see. Yeah, that's true. And so he takes Charlie into the school and 
gets to really just tell him, like, listen, I want to still go out. Like, if you don't want to, I understand and I'll respect that. But, like, what I want is for us to keep going out. Mm -hmm. And I really love this. Like, Nick being very clear about what he wants and what he sees for them. Mm -hmm. And he just gets a really great moment of telling Charlie just how great he is. and You make my life better. Yeah, what a great and wonderful person he is. And just kind of getting to lift Charlie up, you know. I love this. And we also get a scene with Charlie and Tao making up where the two of them apologize to each other. You know, Charlie says, I'm really sorry I didn't tell you. I should have told you. Which, like, is valid for him to apologize for that. Sure. And Tao saying, I'm really sorry that I've been treating you this way i've just been scared right um so i'm glad they at least get a little bit of resolution here yes uh then we get the cute beach trip yes they're they're on the boardwalk (laughs) they're in a photo booth yeah they're on the beach in the book they bring the dog they they don't bring the the dog dog in the show show. how (laughs) dare they leave the dog behind i'm very upset by that uh I, i i love the um you know, they, they kind of get to talk and Nick is talking about wanting to come out, at least to the people that he cares about. Yeah. And come out as bisexual. As bisexual. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he gets this great moment of running out onto the beach and saying, I like Charlie Spring and not in a friend way, in a romantic <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. And then Charlie being like, are we, are we boyfriend are we boyfriend boyfriend <laughs> he's like of course we're boyfriends he's like okay i just want to double check i just want to make sure we're your boyfriends and then nick picks him up and carries him into the ocean is yes. like we're boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all very sweet yes speaking of sweet we get a scene after this where nick is at home talking to his mom who is played by Olivia Coleman? I know. It, I, I stunt re- casting. I know. I read that she filmed all her scenes in two days. I was gonna say, you know that she came on set for like one day and was like, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, does she get like, because when you first see her, it's for a brief moment. I'm like, was that Olivia Coleman? <laughs> and I'm like, is she gonna play like a really big part in this story at some point? Because like, why would you cast Olivia Coleman in this very minor role? But we do get a scene here where Nick sits down uh, with his mom and comes out to her. Yeah. And says, like, you know, Charlie and I are really close. You know, that's because we're going out. I'm bisexual. And this scene just, like, fucking wrecks me, Adina. I know. I I think it's just because, like, you know, obviously his mom is very supportive like is like thank you for telling me mm-hmm. and you know Nick is kind of very emotional in this moment and she's just supporting him and I think it's just so emotional because like this is what everyone's coming out should be like yeah. and you just know for so many people it's not you know for so many people they have to come out to family or friends that like don't understand and think it's a phase think you can change it whether it's for relig- religious reasons or what and it's just heartbreaking to think about that, especially when you see an example of a healthy dynamic. I know. And someone coming out. It's just so beautiful to see Nick and, you know, Kit Connor give this performance of him just being vulnerable and that being emotional and him crying. But his mom's still being supportive. Yes. Right? And it just being this very beautiful moment. I read that when they did their uh, rehearsal of this scene, 
Kit Connors' performance was so good and sincere, Olivia Coleman began to cry. Aww. And Kit thought, like, oh, she's just acting. <laughs> but then she, like, couldn't remember her lines. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. I know. Uh, but yeah, just a great scene. And this is like the last scene of mm-hmm. the series, essentially. Yeah. And we have had word that there is going to be a season two. Yes. No updates about when that'll come out. But obviously, there's much more of the comic left. So yeah, well, it was a year ago, almost to the day that season one came out. Mm-hmm. So I would hope that they're going to at least show a trailer soon if it hasn't already come out by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because I mean, you know, I one thing I love about this show was, well, I guess I, the actors are older than they're playing. Yeah, because like Charlie just turns 15 in the show it and i'm like okay ian here's something that i don't i totally do not understand okay charlie is year 10 right oh yeah i don't know how the age yeah i'm like is year 10 and 10th grade in america different because traditionally when you're in 10th grade you would either be turning you would be turning 16 at some point in the year yeah or would already be 16 and in the show it's like oh or in the in the comic, he's turning 15. And so it's like behind. He's 15 in the show, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, I guess like that's essentially your sophomore year. So yeah. So he's just turning 15 his sophomore year. And the next year, junior would be 16. Then by his senior, he's turning 17. But that's not right. It's no, it's, in, in it's the a US, little behind. You turn 18 in your senior yeah. year. Yeah. Or shortly, like right after. Anyone who knows, please, <laughs> this can easily be fixed with just us doing a Google. But I know I had the same thought because, like, you hear you're 10 and you think he's a little older than he yeah. actually is. That being said, though, even though he's like older than 15, you know, they still feel like high school kids. Yes. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> we, we brought up the show Normal People again. Yeah. Which, like, obviously is a show that spans multiple years, so I understand casting older. But, like, <laughs> you're just like, oh, God. Paul Mezcal, Paul Mezcal is not Mezcal, 18. You, you, are a, you are a grown man in, in that high school. Like, I just like that they feel like teenagers. I do, too. And so I hope... They film the next two seasons as quickly as they can. Yeah, because they're not going to look like teenagers forever. No, no. <laughs> get, get them out. Get those Get those seasons out. Yeah, okay. So that's the TV show and the comics. Which one's better, Ian? So we watched the show first and then, you know, banged out the comics in like two days because they're, they're very short, very, <laughs> very easy to read. And it was kind of funny, like, how faithful the show was I know. to the comics. I mean, Alice Oseman wrote the screenplay. Oh, really? Okay. And she was involved in the production of the show. Okay, well, that would make sense. Because, I mean, there's so many moments, so many lines of dialogue. And, like, I think it works for the most part. And, in fact, even, like, set design. Yeah. Like, it's almost like they treated the comic like the storyboard. I know. For the show, yeah. right? That being said, though, I think what the show adds both in terms of like plot with L and Tao and Tara and Darcy Darcy. Uh, I think that really flushes out the story really well. And, and you know, uh, Nick's dynamic with Imogen. Yeah. Like they add a little bit more drama, a little bit more stakes. Cause honestly, the comic is just a little too light and fluffy for me. Yeah. It, it's it's very cute and very sweet, <laughs> but there is almost like zero stakes <laughs> yeah. in the story. Yeah. It just is a very cute story of a boy meeting a boy 
and falling for each other. Yes. And like, yeah, there's like some light bullying involved. <laughs> some light bullying. Light bullying. But that's about it. And like, you know, it's cute. And maybe I would have liked it better before I had the show to compare it with. But I definitely think the show is an improvement and evolution of that story. Yeah, I have to call out, you know, Joe Locke and Kit Connor playing Charlie and Nick and their performances being so good. And I just loved, like we were saying earlier, to see these young actors really portray these characters that sometimes in the comic felt a bit older. And so to be reminded visually about how young they actually are really felt more sincere to me in a lot of ways. I also really loved... Yasmin Finley, who played Elle, and getting her story. Yeah, I don't know. The show is just so great. I love the expanded universe. Even the extra stuff with Ben, I think, was useful for Charlie's yeah. character. And comparing it to Nick yeah. and like him being closeted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said about the performances, too, I think helps. Where, like, you know, a lot of these scenes that are very cute moments of them running in the snow yeah. or, like, playing video games, like... I think having those actors adding to those moments and like getting to relate to those performances helps because in the comics, it's like feels like a fantasy. Yeah. And like you kind of have the anime like stars in their eyes or like the blushing lines Mm -hmm. or like it's very, very cheesy, like in, in a good way a lot of times, but also I think in a way that. I think feels limiting at points. Yeah, and it can feel a little more real seeing it acted. Yeah. And seeing how it would really play out. Um, Yeah, so I think I'm definitely going to go with the show. I mean, the show draws so much on the comics, and obviously Alice Oseman was heavily involved in the show. Yeah. But I just love it. The show is so good. Uh, Yeah, got to go with the show. It's a show for both of us. Okay, let's hear from our uh, patron Katie about uh, why she requested this episode. So Katie says, I will say I think someone like me who's only an ally and not part of the LGBTQIA plus community can really only understand part of what makes the show and the graphic novel special. And I totally agree, Katie. She says, while visiting a friend a few months ago, she asked if I had watched Heartstopper. I told her I hadn't. And she immediately said, oh, my gosh, you'd love it. We are watching it right now. So we did. I sat with her and we watched all eight episodes back to back. (laughs) She was right. I did love it. I went and bought all the graphic novels soon after and read through them, all of the ones that are out so far. I soon became the person that was telling all my friends to watch it, and then they were telling theirs. Not only is it just a really sweet coming-of-age romance, but it's a series that I think everyone that watches or reads can connect to on some level with a character or storyline. I personally resonated with the parts of the story about Charlie and his anxiety. I even used to eat my lunch in the library like Charlie did in the art room. Don't worry, Adina, no library books were ever harmed, and I had permission from the librarians. (laughs) I felt like it was depicted realistically and was very similar to how I personally felt in high school. But I also watched it with some college friends, and they would talk about how similar their experience was to Nick's and how they really felt seen by that character and his struggles with discovering his sexuality. I think that's what Alice Oseman does so well. She makes all of her readers feel seen in some way. I like that she's okay with discussing tough topics, but you also know at the end of the day, things are going to be okay. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I think that's what a lot of people need and want to see, especially right now. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us, Katie. And I totally agree. And this was such a great episode. Yes, I'm so glad we got to, to talk about this and finally got to watch it after hearing so many good things. Yeah. Let's do a lightning round. Let's do lightning. 
Okay, so one scene from the show that is only in the show that I just wanted to mention is when Nick is trying to figure out what's going on with his sexuality. Him and his mom have a movie night, and he's too afraid to ask to watch a queer film with her. And so she's like, why don't we watch Pirates of the Caribbean? You always loved that movie. Yeah. And she's like, you were so obsessed with Keira Knightley. I knew you had a crush on her. And he's watching it. And it's a scene between her, Keira Knightley's character, and of, of course, um, Orlando Bloom. And the sexual tension is so strong. Yeah. And it just cuts to Nick looking at them and just looking like so <laughs> confused. Between Keira yeah. Knightley and then it panning over to Orlando Bloom. Yes. And I love uh, what a definition of bisexuality. Yes, right. <laughs> um, that leads into something I wanted to talk about that I really appreciated about the show. And that is its use of real music. Oh, yeah. Real movies and real video games. <laughs> it's great. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Uh, they they talk about like, you know, uh, when Nick is scrolling through movies to watch that he sees Moonlight mm-hmm. and like other queer films. And yeah, there's like real band posters on the walls and stuff, which like I always think that is just like so nice instead of like the fake movie posters and like the names of movies that are always terrible. Yeah. That being said, I hate Charlie's neon sign that just says music. 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 <laughs> I just, I think I it's, it it's so dumb. It's in the comic. I like, okay. In the comic, it's like just a little background thing. Yeah. That, it doesn't draw attention to itself, but in the, Show it's glowing. It is a neon sign. Here's the other thing that bothers me too, Adina. <laughs> I don't understand it, okay? Because a typical neon sign is big and it has like the tubing running behind the letters. Like it's usually like coated yeah. in black to like loop back on itself and then it's like connected to like an electric panel or something. But like this looks like the tubes are just against the wall and i'm like is the sign built in like to the drywall so many questions i I have so many questions or is it like an led thing that just looks like a fluorescent tube i i need answers about this and did he commission it is he like i want a sign that just says music it's not a genre it's nothing else it's just music uh yeah okay i'm done (laughs) next for lightning round i just gotta give a shout out to oliver uh, Charlie's younger brother that oh, is in the yeah. comic and is not in the show at all. R.I.P. to his little brother that uh, never got to be. I totally understand why they cut him out. <laughs> he offered basically nothing to the story. <laughs> little brother erasure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last for lightning round. This is such a tiny thing, but I had to bring it up. Uh, it is something that you said early on when Charlie joined the rugby team. You said... I might be more interested in sports if I knew everyone was gay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, if everyone on the team was gay, I would be so much more interesting watching sports, right? You could just speculate all the time. Like, oh, is there something going on? I feel like he tackled him a little more lightly than usual. Is he going easy (laughs) on him? What was that look they gave each other? The, the men's gay football league. <laughs> yes. Let's let's make it happen. Uh, well, that's it for lightning round. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, you can join us on Patreon, uh, where we do monthly bonus episodes on varying topics, whether it's other adaptations, 
other movie series or franchises or what have you. You also get priority episode recommendations, uh, monthly schedules, and you get to join our Discord where we have... Uh, great discussions with our other patrons. It's really awesome. We appreciate all our patrons so much. Um, and if you'd like to support us in another way, you can also leave us a star rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We really appreciate it. And you can also email us at covertocreditspod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all of that can be found at covertocredits.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.